Sports Talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. We will teach you about Australia coming up in about ah, 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. After all, it's where Arnold Schwarzenegger's from. I think that's from Austria. Australia? No, Austria. What the hell's Austria? It's a different country. It's closer to Germany. Someone say it used to be Germany. I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was from the Down Under. No, he is not. That would be Mel Gibson. That would be Steve Irwin. Nicole Kidman. Uh, Crocodile Dundee. Paul Hogan, I believe his name was. Nicole Kidman is from Australia? Yes. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. Wait a second. Wolverine. Mel Gibson's not American? No. Mel Gibson's not from the United States? No. All right, we'll teach you about Australia coming up in about 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. The high for work today is 65 degrees. It's cold. It's not warm. It's June 6th. It should be in the 70s. If it was 66 degrees in December, my wife might not wear pants. Whereas today, she's wearing a sweater. I'll get to my point. In 2005, the Pirates were 30-30 and after they shellacked the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. It was the last day of the year that they were at 500. They weren't a good baseball team. In fact, Umberto Cota, Gesundheit, hit a ball into the bullpen. So you know that they weren't good because Cota had a 56 rating on MLB Baseball MVP 2004. But that was awesome. The Pirates went on to get crushed by the Yankees the next day in a doubleheader. The Umps blew a double play call. Then Jason Giambi hit one 500 feet into the right field seats at Old Yankee Stadium. And that sucked. Because I was pretty young at that point. Never seen a winning baseball club. So that team being 30-30 and 30, it was like that freak show team in 1997. It had the town all amped up. I was at least amped up. I had my Jack Wilson pinstripe jersey on all day. I wore that thing to sleep. Because of the long-time futility of the Buckeyes, being 30-30 and 30 was great. In fact, I think it was 2007, the Pirates were 30-60 and 60 at the All-Star game. So 30 and 30 was an achievement. The only goal at that point was to get to 500. Dave Littlefield thought that if the Pirates could get there, then they could build off that. So he tried to bring in players to help the team to mediocrity. And it was a ridiculous way to run a club, but he did it anyhow. So 30 and 30 felt great. Just like 65 degrees in the middle of December. But it's June now, and 65 degrees feels like bleep. After 2013, and we saw what good baseball looked like, 30 and 30 doesn't feel like an accomplishment anymore. And the way that it got here by losing 13 to 17 certainly doesn't make it feel like an accomplishment. That being said, this is what we thought the Pirates were going to be. But they dangled that dream and took it away. This is why I told you never to buy in in the first place. They were always going to let you down. You ever been in love with a woman who had slept around yeah you know she's kind of a cheater well once a cheater always a cheater 
She's going to sleep with the mailman, and then you're going to cry on your porch, and your friends are going to laugh behind your back. They're going to say, now, little Timmy, I told you she was going to cheat on you. Well, little Timmy, I told you so. Now the same Pirates apologists are going to rally you troops up and say that going 500 is special because you've got a team that's this young. No, going 500 through 60 games was special in 2005. It was an oasis in the middle of a desert called Pirates Baseball. But in 2018, being 500 sucks. Given that they could have added instead of subtracting. I'm not surprised the Pirates stick again. But if you are, then you didn't listen to me early in the season. To quote LeBron James, be better tomorrow. Lance Lysowski is going to join us in about 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Malcolm Jenkins just broke the internet by holding up a bunch of signs in a media scrum. Instead of talking, he wrote out the message that he'd like to get across. We'll go over that a little bit more on tomorrow's show, but the reason that this is all happening is because of the President of the United States' reaction to the Philadelphia Eagles not wanting to go to the White House and then their his subsequent canceling of the event altogether. Trump's never going to stop. The only people who seem not to know that are NFL owners. Once and for all, the NFL needs to decide whether they really want to placate the president or stick up for the players. This riding the fence isn't going to do anything. Either A, say, guys, in the NBA, players don't get to kneel. You won't get to kneel either. Or say, players, you get to do whatever you want to do because we've got your backs. But you can't do what you did now which is give both sides an opportunity to be mad. Players are mad because they're going to look like fools and they're going to get booed mercilessly coming out of the locker room instead of kneeling. If they do kneel, they get their hard-earned money taken away. Players don't like that. Donald Trump doesn't like this because he thinks that players staying in the locker room is just as disrespectful to the flag as kneeling in front of the flag in the first place. So in trying to placate the president, in trying to please everyone, in trying to pander, they've made nobody happy. The NFL needs to do what they should have done in the first place and make a damn tough decision. 50% of the people are going to be mad at you if you make the tough decision. But most of those people are still going to watch football. Now, you've got everybody mad at you. That's a problem. Let's teach people about the homeland of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Australia. I'll reset it one more time for you. The United States did not make it into the World Cup, so we're trying to look for a team to root for. And we're going group by group, day by day, as the World Cup approaches. we got some English. we got some English in the anthem now. Golden soil. Day by day, we will determine which teams from each pool that we are going to root for. And then we will make those teams compete in a tournament. And you can vote on Twitter.com at underscore Adam Crowley. Let's teach you about Australia, the English-speaking country. This sounds like English English, though, not Australian English. Well, they were, like, owned by the English English. All right, we're just heaping too much information on me right now. Trying to learn about Australia here. Prison colony. Started out that way. 
A prison colony? Yeah, they sent all the prisoners down there. They didn't want to deal with them in the mainland up in the U.K., so they sent a bunch of the criminals down to Australia. It's like the Azkaban of the real world. That's exactly what it is. Voting in elections in Australia is compulsory. What's what's compulsory? Yeah, why don't you explain to Brian what compulsory means, because we both definitely know. Is that like the first round in gymnastics? You don't have a choice. Oh. So, so for everyone 18 years of age and over, you have to vote. Or you get fined 72 bucks. Yeah, put them through our election, see how that flies. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Australia was the second country in the world to grant women the right to vote. This according to 1894. That'll never work out. In 2005, the government issued a ban on saying the word mate at Parliament House. But the ban lasted 24 hours before it was overturned. Probably should read up a little bit more on that. Swimming at public beaches in Australia during the day was made illegal for 64 years. They turned that around. Tasmanian devils have the strongest bite per body size of any mammal. I thought that was Mike Tyson. There are four different species of kangaroo in Australia, with the red kangaroo being the largest. The largest big red kangaroo ever seen was six feet nine inches. That's a huge roo. It weighed 200 pounds. The Australian thorny devil is one of the longest-lived lizards of the size in the world with a lifespan of 20 years. Thorny? The thorny devil. Hmm. The kangaroo and the emu were chosen to be the two animals on the Australian coat of arms because they can't walk backwards, reflecting a forward-thinking culture. I would have thought it would have been like a koala bear or something like that. I can't skate backwards, but you don't see that on my hockey jersey. 17 of the world's most poisonous snakes can be found in Australia. Yeah, I'm out. Done. Nice knowing you, Australia. Wait a second, though. Maybe this will convince you otherwise. Australia is home to 1,500 types of spiders. Done. See ya. 4,000 types of ants. Bye. 350 types of termites. Out of here. While kangaroos are considered a national icon with over 40 million... Throughout the country, they can also be considered a pest in some locations and are sometimes cold. You got 40 million of anything, it's a pest. Australia has a larger population of camels than Egypt. Now that's just fake news. No way that's real. Uh, I don't know about that. I've seen video of Arnold Schwarzenegger riding camels all across Australia. It was CGI. Some famous people from Australia. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Kate Blanchett. No, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Heath Ledger. Heath? Yeah. Famous from Australia. Nicole Kidman, who we mentioned. Hugh Jackman. Kylie Minogue. Nice, nice woman in her day. I would love to meet Heath Ledger. Yeah, Eric Bana. Keith Ur- Wait a minute. Keith Urban's Australian? Uh, Adam. Yeah. Heath Ledger passed away. Did Keith Urban pass away? Oh, no, Keith. No, he's alive. We're oh, right. thank yeah, God. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> Naomi Watts, Al McPherson. Huh, lots of famous people from Australia. Rose Byrne. Coming up next, Lance Lysowski, who's still with us. Didn't know about Heath Ledger. Talking Pirates baseball. It's a Crowley show. Sorry to break the news. Annette's from Australia. Oh, Let's put another shrimp on the barbie! <laughs> Yo, that's what they say there. 
Corey tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Arnold Schwarzenegger is from Austria, not Australia. You are incorrect. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Angela White is from Australia. Who? I don't know who that is. Who's that? Who's this? What's the name? Don't know. But if you get to the show, then I bet that Angela White's actually from Austria. Mm-hmm. Next level thinking there. Do we have any more countries to teach people about today? Oh, she's no, we're a, done. Uh, I found out who Angela White is. Yeah? yeah she's a uh, Australian uh, porn actress. Oh, okay. So he does still get the show. He gets the show. I thought Angela White was the woman from The Wheel of Fortune. No, it was Betty. Oh. Lance Lysowski from DKPittsburghSports.com joins the show now. He is in Bradenton to talk to the now fat Zheng Ho Gong, I understand it. No, he's not. That was oh. a flattering photo that was posted on social media last night. He actually looks exactly the same. Man, it hasn't changed much. Damn it, I was really looking forward to asking him about what he was eating to get so chunky, but now I suppose we're going to have to leave that one to the side. Well, that could have been a nice uh, lighthearted question to start the 20 minutes or so that you talked today, Adam. I should have thought of that earlier. Yeah, you should have. And I thought you were fat. Now you're not. Uh, you you would have made him laugh, or at least his translator would have made him laugh. But regardless, what did he say? I mean, how was he talking about how... Sorry he was for the three DUIs. Was he talking about the the whole journey back? Uh, what, tell, what stood out to you from the interview? There was that, and he said that he stopped drinking, which is, I, I guess, news in in an end of itself because obviously three DUI convictions. He took responsibility for not informing the Pirates and his team and, and the KBO of the first two DUI convictions, which is a pretty big offense uh, after all, and he just kind of summed up what he went through the last few months. Um, didn't really focus a whole lot on baseball. I mean, most of the questions we asked the five or so of us who were down here was just about the drinking, about his behavior off the field, what he plans to do to, to kind of fix things. And uh, the one thing that also stood out was the fact that he said that kind of making every, making this up to pirates fans is the reason why he wanted to come back to the United States. Cause I mean, after all guys, I mean, Adam, he could go and play in Korea and still make really good money. They still own his rights, so he didn't necessarily have to come back, but now he's saying he's doing it for the people. Yeah, I don't buy it. Lance Lazowski, DKVitsburgSports.com, joining us here on the Crowley Show. What's the road look like for him to get back? How long is it going to be? What's the Pirates' plan there? Well, to be honest, Adam, I thought it was going to be a very long road, but it might not be that long after all. Um, He's doing really well in the Florida State League. He's seeing some... Some nice velocity, some young arms who can, who can throw, you know, in the mid to upper 90s sometimes. But there's still the question of can he hit breaking pitches? He's probably not going to see enough good ones here. So he might require another stint, maybe a triple-A, double-A. It all depends. But look at the Pirate situation. Um, with how well he's hitting, why not kind of take a chance on him? Sean Rodriguez hasn't been valuable in the field or at the plate. Jung-Ho Gung's playing some shortstop here to possibly allow himself to – maybe play that position if called upon the major league. I think at this point, with the way the Pirates are kind of, the way they're looking offensively, I would give Jung-Ho maybe a week in AAA after this, and then you call him up because you have to figure out, can he still hit in the major leagues? Right now it's all about game shape. Can, can he play back-to-back games? But, hey, and eventually he wouldn't have to do that. 
Poor Sean Rodriguez. I, I feel bad for him. I, I really do. Uh, he has not been the same player since that car accident, and he hasn't been playing well in the field. You'll go through your struggles at the plate. He's never been the highest on-base kind of guy, um, but I, I wonder if that had any effect on it. I wonder if it just increased the aging process. It's not his fault he continues to be put in the lineup, and if you don't got it anymore, then I guess you don't got it anymore. Yeah, I think it's the swing. Uh, the shoulder surgery really negatively impacted his swing, and when you're pressing, which I'm sure he is, that affects pitch selection, and it seems like his struggles with the plate are carrying over the field, which isn't good, Adam, because they can get pretty much the same exact player in, let's say, Max Moroff for a much cheaper price. Max Moroff can, he can hit 200 and be a, a, a better defender than Sean Rodriguez is right now, and it's not like they need Rodriguez in the outfield with Meadows up, and, hey, even Adam Frazier can play some corner outfield. Do you see him as a DFA possibility? I do. I do. I don't think. I don't know how much longer you can continue rolling with him because you, you need to be able to give. I, I don't blame Clint Hurdle at all for giving Jordy Mercer days off or being more flexible with the days off he gives his team. You have to do that in Major League Baseball nowadays. The problem is, though, that he doesn't have a capable player to slot in, especially at shortstop. Josh Harrison hasn't played that position in 2014, so I'm sick of hearing people say that he should play there. Yeah. Adam Frazier can't play shortstop, so they need somebody. And honestly, Max Moroff might be the better option at this point. And I think this team, with the veterans they have in that clubhouse, they would understand that, yeah, Sean Reeves is a good guy, he's, he's a leader, but it all comes down to winning, and you can't see your season slipping away by putting a guy out there who's struggling as badly as he is. He's costing two games in, in St. Louis. Lance Lysowski joining us here on the Crowley Show. A couple of weeks ago, we put up on the Twitter poll, who's going to finish with a better record, the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Pittsburgh Pirates? And last night, two trains passing by one another in the night uh, as they now have the exact same record, and you just know where this is going. I thought the Pirates had a legitimate chance to get to 30 wins in short order when they had that stretch against terrible teams they had the Padres they had the White Sox they had the Reds I said go six and three then you're 29 and 20 you go seven and two then you're 30 and 19 you're gonna be in this thing for a long time and well we know that didn't happen why did the wheels all fall off here well the bullpen's a mess and I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall there they they really put they really put all their eggs in George Contest's basket. When that didn't work out, they didn't have a reliable eighth inning guy. Michael Fleas was bad for the Astros last year. He's bad again this year. He only has one pitch. That aside, before, when they were winning, the Pirates had a number of guys who were hot, and they were able to make up for Josh Bell not hitting or Gregory Polanco not hitting. But everybody's going cold at once, and they need somebody to pick up this offense and drive in some runs. And when they have people on base, because they've had opportunities over the past two weeks, Adam, they just – aren't able to capitalize, and the regression of Josh Bell might be the most troubling development yeah. about the Pirates this year. I mean, everybody saw him taking that next step forward this year with better plate discipline. He was talking about driving in 100 runs. He's not even going to come close to that at this rate, and his at-bats just aren't good. I mean, it, it's ugly, the swings and misses that he's taking, and the Pirates need to fix that quick, or they have no chance. What do you think the problem is with Josh? Well, when I uh, when when you ask around, everybody says it's timing, but it's 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 more than timing. There's mechanical things, and his swing is very ugly right now. It's terrible. I mean, he's taking the ugliest swings and misses I've seen in the major leagues in a while. I mean, it's worse than Gregory Polanco in my opinion. And right now, I don't know why they don't just give him a couple of days off here. They're just to figure some things out because that honestly, that's the plan. It seems to work for the Pirates. Whenever they give a guy two days off, uh, he kind of snaps out of it. 
Polanco did it uh, for at least a little bit until he went back on the bench, and then obviously Andrew McCutcheon was able to figure things out after a couple days off last year. What's the deal with Meadows in terms of him being here? Is he going to be here for good? What's the Super 2 status? Is he going to be around? I think he'll be around. I don't. I think they can't send him down right no. now. He, he's, he's hitting, and they're still losing games. So how bad is it going to be when they send a guy down who's <laughs> – Hitting, you know, almost four, you know, over four hundred. It doesn't make any sense. They can't rely on Gregory Polanco. They can't rely on Corey Dickerson or, or even Sterling Marte to play every day. You consider Marte missed eighty games last year. Dickerson's never played more than one hundred and five games in the outfield. There's going to be playing time for Austin Meadows. It's going to be at all three spots. And right now, I think he needs to get more starts over Gregory Polanco. And hey, he might even have to spell Dickerson because Dickerson just hasn't been as hot lately, and he tends to go into these cold streaks. Vasquez pitched well last night. It, are they? They were worried about him tipping pitches. Uh, I suppose that they think he fixed that. Well, uh, I don't think so because I think he he reverts back to bad to bad habits in high leverage situations. You know, it's kind of easier for a guy like that to come in when you're losing and just kind of okay, breathe slowly mm-hmm. and figure it out. But what happens when you're playing a team one run lead? They get a runner on base lead off the inning. You look at his last couple of blown saves at him. He just kind of unravels after one thing doesn't go his way. That's when the delivery gets out of whack. That's when he starts tipping his pitches. So hey, I, I, I don't buy it yet. He, he needs to do it in a situation that actually matters. Uh, that's a really good point. What about Glass now in more high-leverage situations? We are starting to see that a little bit more lately. Uh, I like what we're seeing out of him now. He seems to have settled down a lot. He's just not consistent enough yet, Adam. I mean, he comes in last night and, and allows a home run to Cody Bellinger. And, you know, the fastball just doesn't have that consistent cutting action. When he gets that going, it, it's a very good pitch. It's going to create weak contact. It's going to get ground balls. But guys can hit high velocity. High velocity is one thing. But he needs to put it all together, and he needs to find that second and third breaking pitch consistently. And I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping him in this role right now. There's value to having a bridge guy. Um Teams across the league are looking for a guy who can throw multiple innings, and the Pirates have two of them who have been pretty good in that role. The problem is they don't have anybody in the back end, so now naturally everybody wants to push them into a different role, and I just don't think it's a good fit yet. Maybe down the road, because I don't think he's a starting pitcher long term. What would you think about Musgrove last night? Uh, not as good as the first two appearances, but he gives them a chance to win. Yeah, that's, that's actually the best way to put it, because uh, he, he has the weapons, but he doesn't have – the one thing about him, he's got five pitches, so if one or two of them aren't working, he has other things to turn to. Right. That's what, is, what kind of separates him from, let's say, Trevor Williams. If Trevor Williams doesn't have one of his two fastballs, he's in trouble because he doesn't have the breaking pitches that somebody like Musgrove has. Plus, just the way he pitches. I mean, he, he looks like – Musgrove looks like he has that ace mentality a little bit, and the Pirates only have one of those guys that seem to have those straight, and obviously that's James Ohio. Trade deadline is seven weeks away. Woo! Who's getting traded? I'm not going to ask you that question, but who are some options? And, uh, I mean, how hard would it be to pry a guy like Josh Harrison away? I, I assume they'll be shopping him a lot. Well, okay, let's say if, hypothetically if they sell, they're, they're going to sell Jordy Mercer because they're ready for Kevin. Kevin Newman's pretty much ready to come in and, and play every day, and they, they want to get a look at him, especially when you get – you have younger guys through the system like Kevin Kramer and Cole Tucker obviously coming up. So it's time for Kevin Newman to get that opportunity. Yeah. I don't know how much they'll get for Mercer. Uh, Josh Harrison, yeah, he's an option. He's not hitting right now, though, so I'm not sure who would want him at that price yeah. tag. But Sir, Francisco Cervelli's going to have – teams are going to be interested. You look at the numbers, that he's better behind the plate. 
he can command a pitching staff. A team like the Mets, if they're still in contention at the trade deadline, they would absolutely be interested in him. And a, a, a good catcher at that price is very hard to find. And the Pirates obviously have LCS. They've got Jacob Stallings. they got two catchers they could theoretically roll with if they choose to sell him Cervelli when his stock might not be higher for the rest of his time in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's definitely true. And what about Corey Dickerson? Same same kind of thing there. I don't think so. I don't think so because okay. it's not like you're going to want to play Austin Meadows every day, and they're not they're not ready to give up on Gregory Polanco. Dickerson has a club option for next year at a very reasonable price. I think that they might do what they did for with McCutcheon last year. You pick up the club option, you put him on the market in the off season. And there's going to be a market for a guy like that who's finally proven he can play the outfield. So I think the price tag for him won't. Won't dip, and there aren't a lot of teams that need that outfield. Outfield's a weird position, Adam. It's not one of those premium spots anymore that people want to in a trade, especially a left fielder, left-hand hitter like Dickerson, who's not hitting for a whole lot of power. Lance Lysowski, appreciate the time, man, although uh, I am upset to hear that Zheng Hogong is not fat. <laughs> I knew you would be, Adam. Thanks for having me. There he goes. That's my friend, Lance Lysowski, DK, Pittsburgh Sports. When we come back, we will update you on the Twitter poll. Which country from Group C in the World Cup will we be rooting for in the World Cup? That's not really the way it works. Which one will advance to determine which team we will be rooting for in the World Cup? We've also got other crap, hottest take of the day, and three stars of the show. TSP in Pittsburgh. This song always reminds me of Kangaroo Jack, which was filmed in Austria. Uh. Pirates playing tonight, 30-30 and 30 against the 30-30 and 30 Los Angeles Dodgers, like two ships in the night passing each other. The Buckos trying to cling to their 500 record, the Dodgers trying to move in the correct direction. Hey, here's betting whatever happens in the next two games doesn't matter because the Dodgers are going to finish with a better record than the Pittsburgh Pirates. That being said, Meadows is in the lineup tonight. No Gregory Polanco, but because Jordy Mercer's out, Sean Rodriguez is playing again. I gotta say this to you, Bucko fans. Don't boo Sean Rodriguez. It ain't Sean's fault. It's really not. It's not his fault he sucks. It's not his fault he's making all that money. It's not his fault he's playing as much as he is. Yeah, he's won for his last 20. Yes, he has 20 more strikeouts than he does have hits, but he should be playing like 10% of the time, not 35% of the time. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) I affect opinions. I can make people change their minds. I am as persuasive as anybody in the history of the media. Here's what. After saying that Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma quarterback, who got drafted ninth overall by the A's, needs to play baseball and take the money and run, the A's and Kyler Murray have agreed to a deal that allows him to play football for one year at Oklahoma, and he'll make the $5 million. 
There's got to be some sort of NCAA violation there, though, right? I'm going to go back on it all. I don't want this kid making money. I don't want this kid playing football. Get him out of my damn division. Get him out of my conference. Get him away from West Virginia. That's a nice thing for the A's to do. They must really like the player. Let him play quarterback and make $5 million, and then he'll join the minor league system for the A's after this year. Again, that has to be an NCAA violation somewhere. I'm sure. Somewhere. It's got to be. It's in the bylaws. Yes. Someone look him up. Find him. In fact, hopefully that this hopefully this violates all kind of stuff with the MLB CBA and he gets suspended forever from the MLB and hopefully he gets suspended forever from college ball so that we no longer have to play him at West Virginia. Death penalty for Oklahoma. Yes, get them out of there. Yeah. If Oklahoma is not in the Big 12 this year, I feel pretty good about West Virginia's chance. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Former Steelers tackle Mike Adams is attempting to come back to the NFL as a tight end. Yeah, he should take a stab at it. Woo! Other crap. An elk attacked another woman at Yellowstone National Park. Oh, dear. Woo! Other crap. What the elk? Woo! Other crap. Angelton Simmons twisted his ankle on the dugout steps and will be placed on the DL. Hopefully it'll just be a short stop. Woo! Other crap. Zheng Ho Gung could come back and be the pirate savior. Eh, I don't know about that. His numbers were pedestrian. Woo! Other crap. That guy looks like he's putting down some Korean barbecue. Woo! Other crap. Do you see that John isn't taking the Detroit NBA job? Yeah, I thought he was going to make a beeline for it. Woo! Other crap. He was playing hardball. Woo! Other crap. Iran was the first country to show up for the World Cup. It's because they didn't walk. Woo! Other crap. The world's number one female tennis player had breast reduction surgery to play better. From 34D to 34C. Wow. Nice racket. Woo! Other crap. 30 love. Woo! Other crap. A crocodile killed a pastor performing a baptism on a lake. Never wrote the joke for that one, boys. Woo! Other crap. But I read it anyhow because I'm friggin' wrong burgundy. Woo! Other crap. I'm Ron Burgundy? Woo! Other crap. It's been 462 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Lance Lysowski! They can't send him down right now. He, he's, he's hitting, and they're still losing games. So how bad is it going to be when they send a guy down who's <laughs> hitting, you know, almost four, you know, over 400? There's going to be playing time for Austin Meadows. It's going to be at all three spots. And right now, I think he needs to get more starts over Gregory Polanco. And, hey, he might even have to spell Dickerson. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley! Yeah! Hey! Donald Trump wants to get to third base. 
but is not okay with you being on your knees. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Michael Jordan's penis! When Michael Jordan was... Going for home. He had to untape his bleep from his leg. Very nice. Okay, much better there. I mean, it still wasn't a great joke, but... No, but we get it. That would have sufficed. Yeah, he had a big big penis. Yeah, going for home. He had to tape it to his leg and... Stick stuff it in his sock. Have to take it out yeah. because he's going for home. Yeah, which is sex. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I had to do that. <laughs> Scotch tape probably was it all that would happen. be necessary. Could happen. I mean, you would be doing it just solely to do it, not out of necessity. I mean, gotta keep it secure, Adam. It's a problem. A lot of people uh, in America have that problem. Not nice of me to say it, but uh, I feel for them. I feel for myself every time I have to tape it down. Sounds like it could be a hairy situation. Hopefully it's not bumpy. It's a big problem. Could be hard. It's hard to deal with, yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Did you I... don't tape it prematurely. <laughs> I hope not. Did I mention it's a big problem? Hey, who won Group C? I got it for you right here. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Australia with right. 40% of the vote. All right. Yes, that's right. The home of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not the home of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Would you like to take a guess as to how these broke down? I've got Australia, Peru, France, and Denmark. France, bottom of the list. Last. No, Peru was last. Peru was last. Yeah. That's because no one knows about Peru. Denmark, second from last. Because we don't know if it's the Netherlands. No, we don't know Dutch, what Denmark is. Dane, Denmark. We don't know what that is. France came in second. Yeah. See, that's they always sneak in second. Like they did in World War II. Oh, we surrender. Now look, hey, we won. Woo! Hey, we opened up our beaches. Yeah. Come on in, everybody. Croissant. That's going to be a hell of a party. You know croissants are actually Austrian? Not even French. Really? Yeah. Austrian? Mm-hmm. Like the country, Austria? Yeah, the country that Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually, actually from. from? Yeah, yeah, they created the croissant. France, stealing ideas. Ooh, we came up with democracy. Suck it, France. Laissez-faire. <laughs> Laissez-lame. Lazy people. De Gaulle was an a-hole. Like, really, of all the world leaders ever, like, that guy is just really? a jerk. Really, ever? Ever. That guy's the one? You're going to make well, that claim? No, look, we beat that other guy, okay, so we beat his ass, but this guy pretended to be... No, he's sitting there, oh, you guys are going to beat my ass. I'm friends with you. Look, I'm just going to hang over here and pretend we're, you know, we're on good terms with the allies. The guy's an ass. Big time. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, not more of an ass than Hitler. No, I mean, no one yeah, is, but that's, like, just a given. Besides, we beat his ass and he lost, so he was no longer world leader. Who let the dogs out? I got nothing. <laughs> You're the employee of the month. I gave up. I'm done now. I've reached the pinnacle of radio. Tomorrow on the show, it's a thirsty Thursday. Tom, who's going to be joining us? Mindful Brewing. From yes. 6 until 6.30. We've also got Tim Benz at 4.20. We'll teach you a little bit more about four new countries. I don't remember which countries they are, but we'll teach you about them. And maybe... Just maybe Chris and Amsky will be on the program. Coming up tonight, 8 o'clock, 
Pre-game, baby, begins for the NBA Finals. It's the Cavs and the Warriors. Can Cleveland regain some of their moxie? Find out. Talk to you tomorrow, bitches.